This is Afternoon Drive, presented by Superbook Sports. Here's Aniwo Piro and Cody Rourke. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Afternoon Drive here at Mile High Sports Radio. Make sure you want to text, call, get involved, 303-831-1340. We want to hear from you if you're watching here today, if you're a Nuggets fan. Tell us how you're feeling because, you know what, today is a very, very special day. Danny Bailey, shall we say it is a victory Tuesday? You could say that. What would our good friend Johnny Drama say here, folks, on today's episode? Of the show here. Victory. Man, it's just me today. Cody Rourke, obviously Danny Bailey. Ah, yeah. Danny Bailey behind the glass. Logan Hiselius. Noah Nilo Piero. We're, uh, you know, there's poster signs hanging up all over Denver, Colorado. Where is Anilo Piero? He's missing. We can't find him. He's, uh, he's somewhere. Rumor has it. You know, he took a little bit of a plane trip to, uh, I think, what was it, Arizona the ungrate- uh, for the Grateful Dead concert? And then he went to Las Vegas, as I saw in his story. And then somehow last night he was in Los Angeles for uh, for Game 4 of the Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Lakers. And then today, no idea where AP is. He's somewhere out there. But uh, the show must go on here. Obviously, I'm Cody Rourke. I cover the Denver Broncos here from Mile High Sports, their beat reporter, and obviously do stuff here after New Drive with AP. But uh, Danny Bailey, man, it, you know, last night was a very, very stressful night leading up to that 6.30 p.m. tip-off here for the Denver Nuggets. But uh, you know what? When it was all said and done, we were able to go in, into the closet, grab the broom, and uh, you sweep. It's official. The Denver Nuggets sweep the Los Angeles Lakers 113-111 and now advance to the first-ever NBA Finals in franchise history, which to me, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. You know, obviously, if you're a Colorado sports fan, you're a diehard ass fan, you, you got to experience that last year. But I, I feel like it's a little bit different, Danny, for the Denver Nuggets because they've never gotten this far. And we've talked about it all year long how special this team can be. And it just feels like right now everything is coming together for this team at the right time. Yeah, they're definitely on all run, running high on all cylinders at exactly the right time of the year. They kind of had a slow build, and then once they hit their stride in December, early January, nobody was going to stop them. So they they lost some games down the stretch, sure, but a lot of it was because guys were sitting so they could get healthy, or guys were just resting, or they came up against a tough matchup, and in a regular season game, when you don't get a bunch of chances to go with the same team to take them out, this Nuggets team, by the time they got to the Western Conference Finals, they were so confident in who they were, so comfortable playing their game, that it didn't matter who was on the other side of the court from them. LeBron James didn't matter. Anthony Davis had some good times in that series. He wasn't great, but he played pretty well, yeah. considering he's playing against the greatest center <laughs> in the game of basketball right now. So, yeah, to see the Nuggets do something for the first time in history. Nikola Jokic, also a historical postseason for him with eight triple-doubles in the same postseason, most of all time, passing Wilt Chamberlain. It's uh, it's a big thing, but you know what? They got four games left. They got four wins left before the ultimate goal is achieved. 
Yeah. And I think that their focus is still on that. Four more wins. And unfortunately, they got to wait nine days before they get a chance to even get one of them. <laughs> but I think that... I think that benefits them more than anything, and it's very exciting. Um, I had a lot of nervous energy yesterday. and did you, did you watch it at your house, or did you go to the watch party? Yeah, I was watching at home. No bouncing and the ball? No, I didn't even <laughs> pick the ball up last oh, night, wow. honestly. Yeah, didn't wow. pick the ball up. I got back right around halftime from here, and I knew they were down. I didn't know by how much. I unfortunately had missed the Michael Malone technical. Oh. If I had seen that... I wouldn't have had a shred of doubt in my mind. But when they did start the third quarter, I was kind of thinking we might get a game five. Yeah. I mean, the the whole entire first half seemed like, okay, hey, you know what? This is, you know, Denver, they're not getting a friendly whistle in a sense. There were some really egregious calls, some phantom calls. And as you mentioned, I feel like the, the Michael Malone technical foul was really what kind of changed things. I felt like it kind of set the tone for a little bit of the rest of, of the game. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't understand where, you know, and I get it. People's excuses, okay, well, LeBron, you know, LeBron and the Lakers, they attack the basket. Denver tries to attack the basket. They get hammered, and they don't get the same benefit of a wish. I mean, there was one play where Michael Porter Jr. was driving to the right side of the of the rim, goes up, contact, somebody hits him, he still gets it up and laying, he, and he, like, holds his I think it was Austin Reeves who holds his arms, like, that's not an and one. Like, that to me, but that was that was every series. And then, you know, you're going to get Lakers fans coming out saying, you know, all these guys are complaining about the refs. Yeah, I mean, they, the Lakers shot an average of six more free throws per game than Denver got in this entire series. That was a huge discrepancy. There were some superstar calls involved in this game. But you know what, Danny? What makes it so much better is that while Denver has Nikola Jokic, who is a, a tried-and-true superstar, you look at the star power that LA has with with Davis and LeBron and, and the way that they, you know, being in that market elevate some other guys. Denver overcame the whistle. Denver overcame LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and all the shenanigans that were ongoing there because there was some concern there, especially toward, you know, the end of the first half. That, okay, hey, you know what? The fix is in. This isn't ideal. I mean, the Lakers scored 39 points in the second quarter alone. Uh, and so they had a nice advantage, but Denver went on a run there. I mean, they outscored the Lakers 36-16. to 16. They outscored them by 20 points in that third quarter. And all of a sudden, you know what? We have an all-time classic fourth quarter in store. And I tell you what, I mean, Danny, I mean, going to that fourth quarter, what was one of your favorite moments? For me, it had to be when the shot clock was winding down. Jokic hit that step back, fade away, Dirk-like three-pointer. And all of a sudden, I was like, okay, this is it. Because at that very moment when that ball went in, you could just see all Lakers fans in that arena go like this, deflate themselves. To me, that was the most you know exciting part of that fourth quarter for me. It's tough to choose, right? Because you have obviously that, which is maybe at this point Biggest the shot. highlight of Jokic's career. The deep Sambor shuffle from out there on the wing. Um, and they had to look back at it because did he get his foot behind the line? Was it a two or a three? Um, you have, of course, the great late-game defense on LeBron James by not only one Nugget, who you expect to get great defense from, Aaron Gordon, yep. but the guy who got his hands on the ball first, Jamal Murray. That was a great moment. Uh, Jokic, though, before that, had to get the Nuggets the lead. Yeah, Splitting the defenders like that and just willing his way into the lane to get to the basket for another another two points. I mean, I've, I've 
I want to give Anthony Davis some credit, <laughs> but I can't remember who said it. I might have been one of the guys that we hate, um, one of the talking heads that yeah. we don't like. But you could just tell that Nikola Jokic is head and shoulders better than Anthony Davis. He just is. Yeah. And you can call it, oh, he makes lucky shots or this, that, the other thing, whatever you want to say. He wins games. Yeah. And in this league, that's all that matters. So as long as he keeps winning games, if he can win four more games this year before Jimmy Butler wins four more games this year, he's going to make history for the Denver Nuggets again. And uh, I'm looking forward to the celebration when that happens. Well, it's going to be a big moment. Obviously, we all know the Denver Nuggets are now in the NBA Finals for the first time ever. This is a big moment if you're a Denver Nuggets fan. Ball Arena, I think, is June 1st is the first scheduled game there. It's either going to be against the Heat or the Celtics. We all know this at this point. I see there's a game tonight between the, the Celtics and the Heat. Will the Heat be the next team to sweep? There, I mean, could this be the first year that in the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, uh, the teams get swept, uh, you know, essentially there. Denver did it. Can the Heat take care of business? And look, the Heat have looked great against Boston. I know we'll obviously dive into a little bit of a preview of that a little bit later on here in today's show, but this game essentially opened up. Danny, Denver up 3 nothing. LeBron back against the wall, where, as we know, anytime he's been in situations like that, you're going to get a great performance out of LeBron, and certainly you got that. I mean, LeBron came out firing. I mean, what was it, 21 points in the first quarter alone? He finished the game with, with 40 there, obviously, and he played the entire game pretty much for the most part. You know, for him at his age to do that, obviously there's a lot of respect for LeBron, and, and one thing, too, is like, the one thing I can't stand about LeBron and, and every Denver Nuggets fan, I think maybe every NBA fan outside of Lakers fans who love LeBron or, you know, the LeBron fans who just love LeBron and don't love any team that he plays for. They just love him. The flopping drives me nuts. The over-accentuation, the acting like he's hurt to draw the ire and like, oh, no, like something's wrong. Then he gets back up and then, oh, he plays it. He's like, oh, yeah, this guy's mustering his way through it. LeBron is a great athlete, great competitor, but – some of the things that he does, it just turns me off. And, and in my opinion, that's not the GOAT. I still think there's this whole debate about Michael Jordan, LeBron James. I think people have it there. I don't see MJ doing stuff like that. I never saw MJ throwing himself around, flailing, you know, all desperately there. That was the one thing that turns me off. But after the game, he did give respect, and he said that he and Anthony Davis, they were talking in the locker room after the game. And the consensus between he and them was like, hey, this Denver Nuggets team, that we face, this is the best team that we have ever faced in our four years playing together. So that's a huge compliment for a guy like LeBron and obviously for Anthony Davis, guys who are really damn good players, to, to praise not just, you know, they could have said like Jokic, but this Denver Nuggets team. And look, Danny, they did it with a seven-man rotation in this game with, with Jeff yeah. Green and Bruce Brown. That's yeah, it. that was it. <laughs> like, what? It's wild to me, though, man. Yeah, I mean, Michael Malone took a lot of flack, I feel like, all year. And even a little bit in this series yeah. after, sure, the national narrative to a degree was the Lakers figured something out. But here locally, I feel like we talked about it a little bit too. Like, how are you going to counter their adjustment? And Michael Malone has ultimate confidence in his guys. He knew if he just kept putting that same lineup out there and kept stressing that same commitment to defense, that same unselfish style of basketball, that they can beat anybody and they beat the Lakers. You brought up uh, the Michael Jordan, LeBron James comparison. Uh, I always 
think about the playoff stuff when we talk about that. So when it comes to sweeps, do you know how many times LeBron has been swept in the playoffs? And do you know how many times Jordan has been swept in the playoffs? Hasn't LeBron only been swept three times or once? Cause Correct. This was the third once time. Once in the final. Uh, this in was the, the third time. Yeah. First time in the, in the conference finals. Uh, Jordan only got swept twice. Wow. Jordan got swept twice. Was that early in his career? And they were both in the first round. And they were in best of five series. Ooh, oh, that's yeah. Thank God. Michael the Jordan never lo- never got swept in a best of seven. <laughs> LeBron James has been swept now in the conference finals and in two NBA finals. That's wild. Some people say this guy's the greatest ever, <laughs> and he has been swept in two NBA finals. You know what? What's crazy to me about this is not well, my goat. They, uh, yeah, not my goat either. What was crazy about this whole thing, you know, and I put a tweet out earlier today, local media coverage is greater than national media coverage. But it's true, though, right? Because here locally, you know, Ryan Blackburn, I think, does such a fantastic job for us here at Mile High Sports. And obviously, check out his column, milehighsports.com, obviously, the Pickaxe and Roll podcast. But it's like people expect, you know, local media coverage. Oh, you know, as expected. Okay, you know, they're going to cover these teams, but. It's crazy in a situation like this, Danny, and even Logan, anyone listening out there, is that when the national media, like when the Denver Nuggets win the Western Conference Finals, advance the NBA Finals, and the coverage today is not about them, and it's more so about LeBron James. Is he going to retire? What's next for LeBron? Is Kyrie going to come play with LeBron in L.A. next year? And it's not talking about the team that swept them in impressive fashion with Jokic dominated behind the helm. To me, that signifies a massive massive problem and that's why i think we see local media coverage excelling more so than national media because national media is all about clickbait it's all about hot takes and sure here in this denver market we have a couple of people here who excel in that that's their forte it just says that their content sucks because they can't get clicks or anything you know any other way because they don't offer real analysis to the table it's just so frustrating to see twitter today and really hardly any mention from espn about the Denver Nuggets, what they were able to do. All the talk has been about what's what's next for LeBron and the Lakers. Is Darvin Ham going to return as the head coach, so on and so forth. Like, to me, it just continues to show, hey, there is a lot of disrespect still for the Denver Nuggets, even though that they made an absolute statement last night with their sweep of the Los Angeles Lakers. Sorry, I got distracted by Logan. Dang it, Logan. <laughs> Um, could you repeat your question, Cody? Oh, no, I was just going to say the, the disrespect, you know, continuously of the national media, like after the, the Denver Nuggets win, now it's like, you know, there's no coverage of that. It, it's all LeBron. Where's LeBron going? Is yeah. Darvin Ham going to be fired? Like, no one's talking about, okay, hey, the Denver Nuggets, they've advanced to the, to the NBA Finals. Like, no one's talking about that as much as they should be. Like, you know, there's a mention of it. They'll maybe spend 10, 20 seconds on it, but the primary conversation is... In fact, LeBron, 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 Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. It, it drives me nuts. Yeah, honestly, Cody, so I watched a lot of the post-game coverage, uh, a lot of the press conferences, the media availability for the players right after, which is always tough. You know, your season is over. We saw emotion, obviously, like a little bit of a challenging emotion to deal with from LeBron right after the game. I think he uh, got asked the question about, a, evaluating the season, or B, the future, four or five different times. And he yeah. tried to put it off. He tried to put it off. Finally, he kind of answered at the end. And then 
when there were no cameras on him, had this little back and forth with Dave McMiniman. And I don't know, just like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> he re- if he it. retires, doesn't matter. Yeah. He's not winning the NBA championship this year. He's probably not going to win it next year. Maybe he will, but we'll know more about that later on. We don't need to talk about that right now. Yeah. We don't even have NBA Finals games going on for a little while, so you have time to talk about that once everybody's gotten the respect that and the recognition that they deserve because you got to give a lot of recognition to what the Miami Heat are doing to the Boston Celtics right now, and you have to give a hell of a lot of recognition to Michael Malone, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, KCP, all these Denver Nuggets who didn't really care all year that they weren't being talked about. Then they get to the playoffs and they have some juice. Yeah. And they kind of want people to talk about them and recognize them because they're going to do something that nobody's ever done in the city before. And we'll, we'll obviously have some more talking points as well about that on today's afternoon drive here, Mile High Sports Radio, milehighsports.com. For those of you who are watching us there, you can obviously listen. If you want to text, call, share your thoughts on the Nuggets. Big time victory, 303-831-1340. When we come back here from a commercial break, we're going to talk about this playoff series against the Lakers, which players outside of Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, probably had the most impressive, untalk, you know, not as talked about performance who were crucial toward, obviously, Denver sweeping, going 4-0 against the Lakers. You'll get that on today's Afternoon Drive when we come back. More of Afternoon Drive, presented by Superbook Sports on Mile High Sports. Welcome back in Afternoon Drive here, Mile High Sports Radio, talking Denver Nuggets here for this first hour and kind of continuing on the conversation where we left off of. Kind of teased here, who was the one Denver Nuggets player not named Jamal Murray, not named Nikola Jokic, who was crucial in the biggest moments for this team here throughout this series. And I feel like you can make an argument for several guys here. Danny, I'm going to give you first crack at it here. You can identify one player. Who would you go with? Because obviously, we, as we talked about, the rotation for Michael Malone here in this series specifically, I mean, it was like, hey, you're either in the circle of trust or you're not. And he went with the guys that he trusted here. Who was a who was a guy that you know you're choosing here? Yeah, mine's gonna be a guy who has been a part of the core for a long time. A guy who I've been a huge fan of and have tried to like hold out hope that he's gonna make it. I've always been a big Jerry Judy guy. I've always been a big Michael Porter Jr. Guy. Yes. I yeah, love Mike. Michael Porter Jr. And he's so impactful with this team. In a variety of ways. Now that he is bought in on defense and he uses his length and he tries to get in on the defensive end, he gets on the ground for loose balls. We talked about how important that play was earlier on in this series. 
And then the ability to maybe be on the bench for 10 minutes, come back in the game, hit a three-pointer right away. Get out in transition and make a good pass, make the right pass that he wouldn't have made two years ago, and end up getting an easy assist, getting an easy bucket for one of his teammates. So Michael Porter Jr. growing into his role, I understand that he's a max player and some people might not be thrilled with the contract, but he is playing exactly the role that the Denver Nuggets and Michael Malone need him to play. And if he continues to produce at the level he's been producing at for these playoffs, they should have no problem winning the NBA Finals. Yeah, I mean, right now, Denver's playing like the most complete team in the NBA, whereas you look at the Miami Heat series right now, Boston, you know, you're getting some good contribution. Obviously, a lot of it is fueled by Jimmy Butler. As we know, he's a dog. Jimmy Butler is going on a tear, and obviously they'll have to close out that series tonight. If not, that extends to a potential Game 5 in Boston, obviously with them being up 3-0 right now. I mean, but we can all just, I think it's safe to say that, hey, it's going to be a Denver Nuggets versus Miami Heat NBA Finals, barring something catastrophic by Miami. I mean, because what we've seen from from Boston specifically, they have just crumbled. Like, for them to get blown out 30-plus points the way that we saw just the other night in Miami, I mean, was surprising. You know, for them to lose their first two games, to lose at home against Miami was surprising as well. And, and for Miami being the eighth seed of all people to overcome this, to, to throw in the one seed Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks and for them to do what they were able to do, it, it, it's surprising and impressive. But I feel like right now looking at this Nuggets roster, Denver, I think, has more guys that are contributing. I mean, let's go through and look at here from last night. I mean, obviously, all of their starters were in double figures. That's huge for them. You mentioned Michael Porter Jr. He had 15 points for him. But I think also another area where he's really improved is rebounding. You know, because what what has been one of the biggest gripes that we have had surrounding MPJ, and it's still evident from times, but he's gotten better at, at securing the ball. It's just having the ball slip through his hands. You know, he'll grab a board and then someone will rip it from him. He's gotten much better on that. I feel like he's taken a little bit more of a command. But even more so, what impresses me about Michael Porter Jr. here is it came out. I don't know where it came out from. I don't know if it was a post-game thing from Michael Malone, but it was basically he said he was okay if coach needed to bring Bruce Brown in for defensive minutes at crucial points of the game. To me, him willing to accept that role as a max player contract who is damn good as an offensive player. I mean, his ability to catch and shoot and drain threes is very impressive. Now, obviously, he he only shot 30% from three last night, three of 10. He's been monumental in this series. I'm going to go with another guy, though, here, Danny. I'm going to give my thoughts here to uh, to Bruce Brown and KCP, like the two guys that you brought in this offseason that you felt like were going to make a big difference. Both of these guys, in my opinion, ha- have equal or greater value to one another, to this team. You know, Bruce Brown defensively, and even just like in, in Game 3, Bruce Brown went on a little bit of a run offensively. KCP went on a run offensively. And then this last game, KCP, obviously 13 points, going three of seven from three. but For me, it's these two guys. I don't know if Denver wins if they don't get the contributions or they don't have these two guys on the roster this season. I think the road is a lot harder. They have to instill their trust in somebody else. Bruce Brown definitely gets to me. On top of that, do you see who uh, who's a big Bruce Brown fan, apparently? Uh, I see by I the smile. I, know, I think I know who you're talking about. And who am I talking about? Are you talking about Mother of the Year, Lana yes. Rose? Yes. Yes, the Bruce is loose, but uh, I mean, obviously, shout out, shout out to Bruce Brown. I mean, what? Who? 
who is it? Like Denver Nuggets players have dated some pretty popular women before. What was it Malik Beasley dated uh, Larsa Pippen? Was, yeah. Was it Larsa? Got into a fight with uh, Sua Cravens over somebody else. Monte that was Montana Mor- Yao, I think, <laughs> who's his like girlfriend he's still with. That's wow. his baby mama. That's crazy. And then obviously Monte Morris and Amber Rose you know, was a thing. You had Melo and Lala at one point. Kenyon and Trina. Remember Trina? That's where he got the neck, the the lips on his on neck tattooed there, man. But uh, obviously, Bruce and Lana Rhodes. All right. There we go there. It's a interesting turn of events there. But, I mean, I, all, all jokes aside here, Bruce and, and KCP have been so valuable to this team. I think they've allowed the identity that Michael Malone wants his team to play with. These two guys encapsulate that to the T. And you could tell by the synergy that this team has with one another. Yeah, they love each other. They care about each other. I mean, it's incredible that we've seen this team kind of grow and there have been pieces along the outer edges that have kind of been replaced or been swapped out. And you see a lot of guys showing support for that, a lot of fans showing support for that too, support for the people like Gary Harris and Paul Millsap and guys who kind of laid the foundation, Will Barton and Monte Morris. So to have a team that's that connected, that committed to one another, from the coach all the way down, and even like to a fault, to the GM all the way down, because Tim Connolly was a part of the reason that the Nuggets weren't able to get past the hump because he was too loyal to some of his guys. And at a certain point, you need another point of view to come in that can maybe see the full picture. Um, Yeah, it's been very impressive to watch because the Nuggets are... The Nuggets are the best team in the NBA this year. Yeah. And I think that... there. I didn't think that for a long time. I thought that there were teams in the East that were better. I thought that maybe one of the teams lurking in the West a little lower was just lower in the standings because they hadn't been the team they were at the end of the year for the majority of the year, like the Suns, like the Lakers. But now you see those teams on vacation. Nuggets, back to the gym. More work to be done. Yeah, hey, the work's not finished. And I I like the mindset that this team has shown, you know, because it's like for this team to be through all the things that they've gone through, you know, when you beat, when you win your first series against the Timberwolves, you know, hey, it's awesome, it's exciting, yeah, yeah. You go and you beat the Suns. That's a huge, huge win for them. You know, some some guys in pro sports, there's some guys on NBA teams right now that would probably just be like, hey, you know, at least we beat the Suns in the semis. And then now you have this Nuggets team that that beats, just absolutely mops the floor with the Los Angeles Lakers in four games, sweeps them, you know, wins two back-to-back games on the road. And look, Denver has sucked on the road this year in the regular season, 19-22 on the road. So for them to not only go out you know, win a big game against Minnesota, you know, in that game three. Obviously, you, you wish they would have swept them in game four. Obviously, in that overtime loss, they could have done that. But for them to go out in Phoenix and respond the way that they did and blow them out by 30-plus points in that game, and then to go win two back-to-back games in L.A., where that's where basketball is played. Like, when people think about, you know, the mecca of basketball, obviously, the, the Madison Square Garden's a big one. You know, TD Garden is one, but it. It's Staples Center. I'm not going to call it Crypto.com Arena. It's stupid. Hate that arena name. But that's like that's a historic place for when, for pro basketball, Danny. And so for Denver to go and do that, to me, that's impressive. 
And also, I, I also saw something from Jokic and this team that I haven't seen, DB. And it was even during the game. Usually it's after the game you see some things like that. Even we don't even see that from these guys. But, like, there was times they got an and one and Jokic is flexing and, yeah, like, I'm like, uh-oh. Like, I've never seen Jokic do this ever. Like, this whole team is just, they're in their bag right now. To me, that makes them very, very scary, very, very dangerous right now. Yeah, there was the moment where him and Jamal Murray kind of did that in sync. <laughs> and... Then the one that I thought was maybe the biggest visual reaction from Jokic of the entire game was when KCP made that back cut and then he mm. got the hard layup at the rim and one and it was uh, Anthony Davis and KCP got amped up yep. and so did Jokic and that might have been the most animated that I've seen Jokic this whole playoff run. It's incredible to watch because... Then he sits there in the post game and he's so even keel and even like, I don't know, he's got a little bit of Eeyore to him almost. <laughs> yeah. He just like goes about his business in such an unassuming way. I mean, Jason Tatum may have said it. Jokic would never say it, but humbly, he's the best basketball player in the world. Yeah. That, since Tatum has kind of fired that off, it definitely uh, is kind of backfired on the Celtics in, in terms of where they're at. Tatum can obviously get his numbers. He can get in his bag a little bit. But what we're seeing from Jokic, I mean, Jokic wasn't having the greatest first half either in this game, you know, for the Nuggets. And just goes on that run in the second half, third quarter, and especially the fourth quarter. I mean, he, he really got things going. And you're winning games because of Nikola Jokic. Not only that, but I mean, DB, eight triple doubles here in the postseason. He continues. We, we continue to ask ourselves these questions. Can Nikola Jokic get any better, right? Because every time I feel like Jokic plays, we see a graphic pop up on ESPN. Nikola Jokic becomes the first player in NBA postseason. It's like, how? How does he do this? Because this is a guy that's just going out there. He's just playing basketball. It's not like he's he's trying to do anything exquisite. He's just going out there and playing his game. And for some reason, it is changing the game of basketball in a sense. But I also like the fact that when we look at this, you look at how the Denver Nuggets have been built, and you look at teams like the Lakers, you look at them, the Suns, built, not bought. That right there, I think, is a testament to some teams, aspiring teams out there. You want to do it? Like, obviously, yeah, having a star is important, but build your team. Don't buy your team because the the, the chances of it working, it's not going to happen. I mean, look at the Dallas Mavericks. When they went and they got Kyrie, we were like, okay, oh, geez, you got Kyrie, you got Luka, you got this team in Dallas who's very dangerous, and they just sputter out. Don't even make the playoffs. You look at the Lakers, you know, obviously they've invested a little bit the last four seasons having LeBron, having AD. They've gotten some guys around them. But then you look at Phoenix. You know, they go out and they make the big trade for Kevin Durant. And they offset a couple of really damn good players who, I mean, DB, let's make the argument. Let's say you take KD off of the Suns and you still keep these guys like Bridges and all these other guys that were playing for various teams in the postseason playing really well. You think the Phoenix Suns would have been better off than what they were with just book and and obviously KD tough to say if they would be better off but uh, I might I might say that they have about the same chance and it gives them something a little different because if the all the nuggets have to do is stop KD and stop Booker well mission accomplished if you got to worry about Mikhail Bridges maybe getting hot and going for 30 on you that's something that the Lakers didn't get, and the Lakers probably could have used a 30-point game from Rui or from Austin Reeves. And they flirted with the mid-20s. They just didn't have enough. But, yeah, I was 
I was surprised. I was surprised Phoenix made the move because Phoenix has been very competitive. They've been a contender for the last several years. I mean, look at this, though. To see see where the fallout from that goes, I will be interested because there's a lot of good teams right now that are going to be looking for coaches. There's also a lot of good teams (laughs) that are going to be looking for, like, one more guy. Yep. Like, who is that one guy we can bring in? The Nuggets already brought in those one more guys. Yep. AG. KCP. It was AG, Bruce. it was KCP, it was Bruce Brown, and they brought them all in. Well, and you look at it this way, too. It's like AG last night, 22 points from him. MPJ, 15. You get 30 from Jokic. You get 25 from Jamal. You get 13 from KCP. Jeff gives you two off of free throws. You know, Jeff Green. And then, obviously, Bruce Brown gives you six points in totality. Obviously, you know, two field goals and obviously, uh, oh, geez. Of course, Broncos news happens while we're doing this damn show. It's been, it's been a busy day, man. It's been a very, very busy day here. Um, Cam Fleming re-signing with the Broncos here at offensive tackle. I'll have to get a post up on myhighsports.com with that. But overall, I think, you know, long story short here, the way that the Denver Nuggets have built this team, and look, I was a huge skeptic. You remember this as well. I was a huge skeptic of Calvin Booth. I thought the loss of Tim Conley on paper, I was like, oh, wow. Denver, once again, committing to, to mediocrity, things like that. Calvin Booth has proven me as a diehard Nuggets fan entirely wrong. Uh, there, you could see how the moves have paid out and paid off. And, and for me, I think that there's now trust. And, and I also want to maybe kind of, before we close out, you know, this segment here on today's afternoon drive, want to get your thoughts on it. I feel like we're now at a point now where all the Nuggets fans that wanted Michael Malone fired, I hope they can now see like, Hey, how good Michael Malone has truly been for this team. In my opinion, it's made me love Michael Malone more as a coach which is crazy because I'm also still seeing these TikToks and YouTube posts going out there from these outlets that are calling him Mike Malone. It's Michael Malone, damn it. Get it right, folks. But anyways, what are your thoughts here before we we take a break on uh, uh, Michael Malone, what he's done with this team, with the nucleus that has has built there? I mean, because technically, yeah, you got seven guys in rotation. Is this the next Denver 7? And it's not just Michael Malone, right? Because they have a, he has a great staff around him with David Adelman, uh, Popeye, all kinds of guys that are just all bought in, just like the players are all bought in. But Michael Malone, um, he's had to deal with a lot over the last couple of years about people talking about his job and wondering if he can get them over the hump. And I talked about it with Anilo before... I I guess before the playoffs or early on in round one, that if they did not go to the NBA finals, Michael Malone's job would be in serious jeopardy. They are now in the NBA finals. His job is safe. It should be safe. There would be no reason in my mind to move on from Michael Malone at this point, but that wasn't always the case. And he proved to everyone that he has built something with this team. Like you, too. like you mentioned, Cody, it has so much to do with trust. You have to trust that the other four guys on the court have your back, and you have to trust that everybody there on the bench is going to be ready to pick you up if you go down. And that's what this team has. They, they do the family on three after games and stuff. I think that's huge in sports because some people need that extra family. Yeah. Some people already have great family life, but you can always have more. Well, and you could just tell that these guys are so close with one another. And even Jamal kind of indicated to it because, like, I mean, if you're if you're a guy like Bones Highland, how do you think you're feeling right now? Looking back and seeing, like, oh, I could have been part of this. 
that's a huge question. And obviously, Danny, we'll, we'll raise some other questions as well. You know, with the Denver Nuggets, obviously their, their win in the Western Conference Finals gets them to the NBA Finals on a day where a former Nuggets great decided to retire and hang up the laces here. We'll talk about that. Will he show up courtside for one of the NBA Finals games? Which Nuggets, former Nuggets, do we expect to be in attendance? You'll get that much more on Afternoon Drive here Mile High Sports Radio. Tuesday, got your girl in the cut she Tuesday, club going up. This is Afternoon Drive with Anil Piro and Cody Rourke, presented by Superbook Sports. Welcome back in Afternoon Drive here at Mile High Sports Radio, Cody Rourke. Alongside Danny Bailey behind the glass, Logan Hacelius, no Anil Piro as he is off in Degenville doing things that AP does, eating, betting, drinking, sleeping, and traveling. I don't know if he's driving back. I don't know if he's flying back. One or the other, but AP is expected back to Mile High Sports headquarters on Wednesday. But uh, obviously, AP missing out on a lot of the conversation on today's episode of the show. Uh, obviously, we have some texts that have come in. I'm very, very curious to see... From who, and at a hazard a guess, drumroll would be our good friend. Outlaw, am I am I right or am I wrong? We have three texts, and the first one is from Outlaw. Oh, okay. All right. What what do we got here? He says, "Is it disrespect or making mountain out of ant hill, um, or molehill, whichever you prefer?" But <laughs> I've I kind of understand where he's coming from because there has been a lot of kind of moaning about the amount of disrespect which maybe enhances the amount that we see that disrespect in um but on that same topic i got a text not to my not to the text line you should text the text line if you want to 303-831-1340 i got a text to my own phone from uh, old friend of the station, Terry Fry. Ah, Terry! Who I used, in to reverse. Do, used to do afternoon drive with, uh, with him and Eric Goodman. And he says it's time to retire the respect lament, signed Terry in Denver. So I think there has been a lot of that kind of talk that like, yeah, that maybe they haven't been getting the respect they deserve, but it doesn't matter because now that they're on the edge of doing what they've set out to do, yeah. they will get all the respect they deserve, in theory. And I get that, um, but at the same time, we should hold the powers that be responsible. 100%. Right? Because the masses consume the powers that be. They watch. They read ESPN. And unfortunately, you don't get real journalism these days. You get clickbait. You get, you know, this reactive yeah, stuff that I know. Yeah, likes to say, everything's PR. Everything is PR. It's like, hey, this is good for our brand, you know, even though it may not be good for the overall commonality of like what's good for you know like the Denver Nuggets in general I for me it just goes back to the fact that you know I I think respect is a big part of it right the four-letter network BSPN they don't spend enough time talking about the Nuggets or showing them the respect that they deserve but it's also a great opportunity for Denver at this point 
to go out, and as our good friend Brian Dawkins would say, take it. You know, he, he they have to do it. Now, let me ask you this question. Like, I can already see it. Like, Den- let's say Denver wins the NBA Finals. The Denver Nuggets are the least impressive a- NBA Finals champions. I can already see the column. I can already see the talking points on the morning talk shows. You know, I'm not even going to tune into any of that stuff. But for me, Man, that really tarnishes LeBron's legacy getting swept by the least impressive yeah. NBA champion ever. <laughs> I mean, we, we've already seen it. We've already heard it. It's going to happen in the future, you know, for these talking points. Can we can we spend a moment here and just talk about this whole conversation going on on Twitter by these casual fans that a Heat Nuggets finals is bad for ratings? How? It's inter- it's when we look at the sport of basketball, Danny, you're looking at two teams that play really damn good fundamental basketball the way that it should be played with excitement. I mean, look at Jimmy Butler right now. Jimmy is balling. He's getting his teammates involved and he's chirping. You look at the Nuggets, they're playing so cohesive together. This is an entertaining finals. Does it contain LeBron James? No. Does it need to contain LeBron James? No. In my opinion, as you mentioned, LeBron's been swept twice in the NBA finals. Were those ratings great? Great question to throw out there here. I, I love good basketball, and I think a Heat Nuggets series, I think it is entertaining basketball to a T. And I think real basketball fans, which real basketball fans are the only ones that matter, that's what matters most. Yeah, the ratings argument is such baloney because I've always been very anti, like, what's the critic score of this movie that just came out? Because <laughs> the critic and I probably aren't going to agree. Yeah. We probably don't have the same taste in movies. We probably don't have the same exact sense of humor. And so why would I care what the critic has to say when they don't know how I'm going to see this movie? Um, So that's kind of how I see the ratings thing. It's like you said, the people that are real basketball fans are salivating for this matchup because you have two teams that are very different than a lot of the teams around the NBA right now. And it's going to be a very competitive and it's going to be a historic NBA Finals. I'm excited for it. And look, I, I'm trying to think in my head, Danny, because I was I was in high school when the Nuggets last went to the Western Conference Finals. Obviously, was it six games that they lost, or was it five games that they lost to the Lakers in that series? Because what? They lost game one because the Anthony Carter inbounds. Game two, they stole one on the road. Game three, Kobe and the Lakers come in and steal one. Yeah, I think it was six games because then, yeah, uh, Denver won, obviously, in game four. Lakers won in game five, and they won in game six to close out the series. But for me, I felt like that Nuggets team that year was probably best built to win a championship at that time. Like, if they would advance, I th- I felt in my heart they would have beat the Orlando Magic. This year, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I feel like the Denver Nuggets right now are in the best position they've ever been in in franchise history, not only from just hey, their first finals appearance, can they win their first finals appearance? I feel like they have a great opportunity because let's let's ask this question. Who's going to stop Jokic? I don't think no one can stop Jokic in the NBA. I don't know. Is There's, Bam Adebayo going to do it? There no. are a lot of people on Twitter that think Bam Adebayo is going to do it. They thought Rudy Gobert and Anthony Towns, Carl Anthony Towns were going to do it. They thought Anthony Davis yep. was going to do it. They and then thought, when Rui Hachimura got switched onto him oh and God, had a good me. six possessions against him, I, they said he was going to do that's it. That's going to live in Twitter basketball Hall of Fame infamy for how laughable those takes were. The Denver Nuggets. We for, and have, we forgot about DeAndre Ayton, too, because he had to go through him on the way here. Oh, and then what? Bismack DeAndre Ayton and... <laughs> Jock Landale, too. Like, all of them. 
Oh man, I I just I don't see anyone that that's going to be able to stop Jokic. Obviously, Jimmy's going to be a problem. They got guys coming off the bench. Vincent, that's obviously been playing really, really well for them. Denver's, this is Denver's best opportunity. Danny, I'm so excited because if they win, you know what we're going to do? We're we're going to the parade. We're not going to go. We're not going to do no media stuff that day. We're gonna oh, it's going to be electric. We're going to go celebrate as fans, and we're yeah. gonna we're gonna enjoy it. Like the Avs parade was cool, but I don't I don't really consider myself yeah. an Avs fan. No, I don't either. I am a Nuggets fan. I don't either. Logan and just I will gave be you a going crazy. Logan is just like, what? Are you not an Logan, I never played hockey. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, it's like for me, I, yeah, oh, it's all love. I, I'm a diehard Nuggets fan. I've been a, I've been through the pain of watching this team get swept by the San Antonio Spurs in the playoffs, swept by the Lakers in the playoffs, beaten in various series, never making it out of the first round until that Chauncey Billups mellow year that they had. Watching them lose to Utah, I've been through all that heartbreak there. Uh, I've been there through the Bryant Shaw days of you know the Emmanuel Moutiers, the Darrell Arthur's, just the the triangle offense that was supposed to come and revolutionize the Denver Nuggets. And you know you're taking someone from the field, Jackson Tree, and you're trying to make him into this thing. No, Michael Malone has done a great job coming in and has built this team, I think, in the right way. Has demanded the right things as a coach should. And everybody on this team is bought in. So right now is the best time for the Denver Nuggets to strike gold. There we go. That should be the NBA Finals mantra. Strike gold. Not bring it in. Bring it in is awesome. We, we already had the playoffs. But now it's time to strike gold. Damn it. It, it, it. Cronky Sports Entertainment, if you're listening, strike gold. Let's get that damn thing rolling there. I can't wait to see the NBA Finals logo embroidered. At Ball Arena, but obviously for fans, tickets are going to be expensive, man. This is huge. Huge, huge time. Yeah, I was looking at them with Logan a little while ago because uh, I would love to go to a game. And I hope that <laughs> I, I hope that I stumble across a duffel bag that a bank robber drops on his way out of Denver at some time in the next couple days because that might be the only way I'm getting in the building. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm looking at these numbers right now. It's crazy. Part of me is wondering, it's like, hey, you know, we get that extra seat, get that extra seat, go enjoy it. Obviously, not in the finals, probably not in the finals. Obviously, you well, it's like what national media cover. I mean, did you see the national media coverage that had the the spots blocked off in Ball Arena that didn't even show up? Yeah, those people shouldn't get to come to the finals. Yeah, give that to us. We'll, we'll be there, you know, or at least open it up to fans. But man, that that's tough. That that is a very very tough thing to have to deal with. Is you know, obviously, there's so many fans here. I mean, uh, Andrew Detmer was in here earlier. I saw he had his brand-new Denver Nuggets going to the finals hat on. All the Dick Sporting Goods, like, they they sold out of their Nuggets, you know, being Western Conference Finals champions, merchandise, going to the finals. They, the merchandise is gone. Can you imagine, like, when, when – I'm going to say now, when they win, when they win the finals, what that's going to be like? I, I, I'm excited, man. I got a Jamal jersey. I have a Jokic jersey. I want to buy one of the newer jerseys, though, like that. I like the red, jer- the white and red jersey that they have. I'm debating on buying one. Debating. It's a hard one. But it's like you can't go wrong buying a Jokic jersey. Can't go wrong at all. I don't have any of the, like, current guys. You got the old I've got a I've got a Carmelo Anthony. I've got a Danilo Gallinari. Oh. I've got a... Jersey that says Bailey on the back because okay. that's my name. Yeah, rightfully <laughs> so. Um, but you know, I might have to get myself a jersey mm-hmm. for this team, for this 
NBA Finals waiting on their opponent team. I'm excited. It's going to be uh, fun times here. We'll have you covered every step of the way, Mile High Sports. One thing we will talk about, obviously, as we approach Hour 2, we're going to talk about the Denver Nuggets one last time. Will we see Carmelo Anthony in attendance at Ball Arena next week? That's something we'll ponder on today's episode of the show. Before we get into some Broncos talk, you get that much more here, Mile High Sports Radio, Afternoon Drive. And terrorize us, the gangs that used to do it. Now they idolize us. Guns, we don't like to 